Cole cut wild hay to blend with the adobe mud he and Shorty mixed for bricks. They built a one-room cabin with an adjoining lean-to. They laid out a stone corral. Looking the place over, Cole thought it wasn't so bad. He tried to picture what it would be like around Los Angeles now. Cool, he bet. A refreshing shower every day that kept the grass green at all times. That was how the railroad pamphlets put it. Thousands of other folks were heading for California this summer of 1870. Cole didn't know how much land would be left after a year lost on the trail, but this California was a pretty big place. One day, two weeks after they finished the cabin, four cowboys came through. They were pushing a bunch of steers down the ridge behind the cabin. Three of them stayed with the cattle, while the fourth jogged down to where Cole was milking. The stranger stood down beside his horse and looked the layout over with a slow, appraising eye. He said to Cole, offering his hand, Pete Hubble, figure to stay on here, friend? Might, Cole said. He reckoned the man's age at about forty-five. He was thick-limbed. He had black hair, which curled up under his hat brim. In a reckless sort of way, he was pleasant-looking. It's a good country, Hubble said. How much of it you claimin'? Cole thought there was amusement in his eyes. He said, Why, about all I can cover with my hat, in a day's riding. Smiling, Hubble began to tap the palm of his hand with two thick fingers. There's just two things wrong with your plans, he told Cole. In the first place, the Apaches like this stretch, too. They ain't always nice-mannered people. In the second place, he concluded, this here range happens to belong to me, about sixty thousand acres of it. Cole did not blink. I thought it was government range, he said. Appears to me there's enough room out here for all the cattlemen in Texas. It's the water, friend, said Hubble. His eyes could grow unfriendly without seeming to affect the rest of his features. I filed on Peach Creek, do you see? You're welcome to stop here for five days and rest your stock. But I don't allow no squatters. Cole said, My missus is expecting Hubble. I'm not taking her over the mountains until she and the baby are fit to travel. But I'll gladly pay you range lease. I don't see that you're running many cows hereabouts. Haven't passed ten head in a week. Pete Hubble said, I'm mighty careful about overstocking. He turned the stirrup to his toe and mounted. He moistened a forefinger to register the direction of the wind. Southwest, he said. Means the desert is a fryin'. Means the Apaches may visit you. But they won't misput you any, because you'll have moved on by then. I'll be back from Tucson in a few days. It'll be best if you ain't around. Ellie heard it all from the window of the cabin. When Cole turned, she was standing in the doorway. "'It was my fault, Cole. I shouldn't have made you stop. We'll go on a ways. I'll be all right.' Cole held her by the shoulders. "'We'll stay right here. Hubble was just testing his wind. Two Texans are equal to a parcel of Arizonians any day of the week.' 
You get back inside and rest. You look peaked. Pete Hubble did not reappear that week, nor the week thereafter. Cole Allen spaced his cattle around so that the grays would not be cut back in any one section. He meant to play square with Hubble so that he would have no possible grievance. He saw the cattle begin to put on tallow. Ellie seemed pathetically eager to make him like the country. She picked berries and made jellies for him. She planted things around the cabin to give it a look of permanence. Cole and Shorty were range-branding some late calves the day the man called California appeared. He was a leathery little cowpuncher in his forties, riding a white-stockinged bay with a pack animal in tow. He watched the Texans wrestle a big coming yearling. At the moment, Cole Allen was too engrossed in front.